Hey everybody, this is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. As you know, I did a, a podcast early this morning telling you about the firing of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. And now there's a lot more details that are coming out, things that um, I'm able to talk to you about. So I want to give you the latest, what's going on, the changes, and how we got here. Because as you know, I was emphatic um, when I was asked by people about Josh McDaniels getting fired. 5% chance. I don't, I laugh because some people taking shots about, oh, I guess people now are going to change their story. I'm not changing my story. It's exactly what I said. It's on the public record. I'm going to tell you exactly why I came to that opinion. And then you can be critical if you want to, but that's fine. But I think you have a right to know why I came about that opinion. First of all, came about that opinion because with four and a half years on Josh's contract with roughly $45 million, Mark Davis, number one, and it wasn't about money. He's got money now, but he wanted stability within the organization. And he was trying desperately to believe in the direction that it was going. And Mark Davis had assured Ziegler and Josh McDaniels that they were going to get this year and to be able to go into 24. And he had done that as recently as just a few weeks ago, just over a month ago, excuse me. So yeah, just a few weeks ago, he assured him of that. And others had reported, Jeff Howell from The Athletic had heard the same thing. Others had other beat writers who cover this team every day like myself. That's why um, we told you that. You know, my job is not to create news. My job is to report it. And that is exactly what I did. So I'm not running from nothing. I'm not hiding from nothing. I absolutely said it. I reported it. That was Mark Davis's heart. It is what he felt. And it's even what he told them. And he decided after Monday night, no, I'm just not doing it. And he made the decision. It was a bold move. Now, I want to get into... A couple other things, because I'm seeing some reports now, oh, Josh lost the locker room. And I want to go back because I'm the one who has emphatically said, and I don't mind being held accountable, that he hadn't. Mark Davis uh, had consistently talked to players, you know, the key players, what's going on. And one thing that stood out in those meetings, and if you go back and watch and read what I wrote and watch my podcast, I made it very clear. Players are frustrated, but hadn't turned on Josh. And then when they would talk to Mark, they would say, yeah, you know, I'm frustrated about this, but I, I see where we're going. And I've talked to several of them who talked to Mark, a few of them who talked to Mark. And that was the thing. So Mark felt good. Okay, he hasn't lost the locker room. They're frustrated. I'm frustrated. I'm good. We can keep going in the direction that we were good, that they're going. And so you can choose to say, well, he lost them. But again, they had the opportunity to voice that to the owner, and they did not. They all voiced frustration, which I told you they were frustrated. But it wasn't a they had turned on Josh. So Mark Davis, now let's go back, because I told you last week on Friday morning, I was made aware of a meeting that they had on Thursday, and I told you I would discuss it on Tuesday, which is today. And let's go into that meeting. So it was a regular scheduled meeting. It wasn't one that Josh just called, let's have an airing, airing, airing of grievances like Seinfeld. But in that meeting, it was very open. And 
it was a very good meeting in the fact that people voiced those frustrations and just not with Josh. Some players, hang on, I'm getting texts all day today, so I'm checking to make sure this is nothing that I need to address in this podcast. So just bear with me for one second. Okay, it's not something about this, but nothing I need to relay right now. And so what happened was, is it was a very productive meeting. Some players voiced frustration with coaches, not Josh, others. Some had frustrations with scheme, which is Josh-related. Um, others had voiced some frustration with other players. But it was not a anger meeting. Um, multiple people I talked to told me it was very, very productive. Very, very good. But here's the fascinating part. is two people told me that Josh left that meeting and it wasn't a we hate Josh meeting. But they walked out of there and they thought his body language was different. They thought he was different. They thought that he had... Um, I, I can't use the words that one of them used, but they, they felt like it was very productive and that he was allowed to share some things that frustrated him. But they said that he walked out of there and and, and I'm, I'm going to. One of them basically said, and this is my paraphrasing, it's not their words, but uh, they felt maybe he was disappointed. Um, how the meeting went. Not because it was a, and this was the person's word, a we hate Josh meeting, just that there was so much frustration about so many different things. Now, I know earlier this summer that Josh was spoken to about his staff and um, and he was told, you know, if your players don't feel like they're playing for guys and playing with them, it's hard for them to be loyal. I'm not going to name any names because the person won't be here next year. They've not been fired yet, but they're they're not going to be here next year. So I'm not, there's no sense jumping on a person. But you know, there were some staff changes. And uh, but there was some that one in particular that wasn't. And I know that there was frustration in the building with Josh for not making one particular staff change, but he chose not to. And, and I told you all along he was going to live with that. But after the meeting on Thursday, then people begin to think that Josh was a little different. Um, I know this on Sunday, I was told that, that he was not rude or anything, but he was distant, that they felt like he was distant. And again, it's not my job to make news. Someone asked me, would you retweet a fire Josh McDaniel site? And I said, no, my job's to report news. It's not my job to create it. And so it was well aware, people were well aware that Mark Davis was very angry. You may remember when people would say to me, Mark Davis doesn't care. And I said, that's just absolutely not true. He was very tough on Josh McDaniels. He demanded answers. He wanted to know answers. Why isn't Aiden O'Connell not playing? Now, when Josh made the decision to start Brian Hoyer in Chicago, that was not a decision among his players, that was trashed. They were supportive of it. They all like Aiden. They all think Aiden is really, really good. But they felt like, okay, great, we're going up there, playing a rookie, going to play Bryant, fine. But I can tell you, in the building, among management and among even his own staff, 
that did not go over well. There was a lot of people that wanted Aidan O'Connell to start. <clears throat> There's a lot of people in that building and on the in the locker room that felt Aiden O'Connell may be the most talented quarterback. Now they understood Aiden had to learn a scheme and he had to learn a, a big, huge playbook and that there was a learning curve. So they were able to see and say, okay, all right, we get it. You know, coach wants to do more. He can't do as much. We all know Aiden's probably our best one, but we get it. But in the building, mm -mm. they want Aiden. Um, I was told then, that Mark Davis isn't going to be making the football decisions. He's going to let Josh do it, but that Josh, that they felt like Mark wanted Aiden O'Connell as well. So they come into Detroit, and again, lots of frustration. And your owner was frustrated, and then they just stayed with Jimmy. There wasn't any changes. And Mark, to his credit, didn't say, okay, I've got – Four and a half years on a contract, 45, nearly $45 million to pay him. That isn't what this was about. For Mark, it was bigger than that. It was, I want stability. I want my franchise going forward. I want my franchise to have, be able to hang its hat on something. But Monday night really rankled him. So then you come into Tuesday, which is deadline. Now, I got a contact. It was probably, I'm going to guess, 10, 30, 11 o'clock on Wednesday morning from a team that I knew uh, was interested in a Raider player, and they had been told no. And they got back to me and said, wow, they've shut us out. Don't even talk. So I don't know if they had cut down, uh, stopped all trade talks. I don't know that. I'm working on that because I know a couple other teams were, that had told me they had made some calls. So I'm going to find out to that, and I'll have that in my podcast first thing on Wednesday morning if they weren't even working the phones that day because what was going off. But Mark Davis knew, okay, after Monday night, I, I was told he made the decision you know, Tuesday, but it was leaning towards it before. It doesn't matter what I've said. It doesn't matter that I, I mean, it's not like I've, I'm, I'm lying to them. I believed it at the time. They're still going to get paid, but I can't do this. And Mark made the gutsy decision. Now, is it gutsy when you know it's failing? No, I'm going to tell you why I use the term gutsy and I applaud Mark for it. Because he so desperately wanted stability and he so desperately preached stability that's a big deal he so badly wanted it and he had made it clear he'd given them assurances they were going to be back he had told that to people and guess what that's eating a little bit of crow but it wasn't about his pride <clears throat> for all of you giving the false narrative he doesn't have the money you should you know stop that narrative it's not true for you saying he didn't care stop that narrative he did care. That's why he did what he did. And as someone who said there was a 5%, the only reason I didn't say 100% chance is because you never say never. And here's why. But I applaud him. Now, I was asked many times, Honda, what do you think they should do? And I kept saying, it doesn't matter what I think. I don't create the news. 
But I think anybody that saw Monday night in the in the commitment to Jimmy, the um, stubbornness, the unwilling to waver. And when you realize how bad Jimmy's contract is, and by the way, tomorrow's podcast, you don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about what do the Raiders look for going in the future. And when you begin to realize there's a lot of bad contracts that are going to hurt this team moving forward, and we're going to start looking at the direction they should go. To, should go. But you look at what they did. First of all, they go get one of the most popular coaches on the team, Antonio Pierce, to be the interim head coach. Now, I'm shocked that they did it, but I'm 100% supportive, and I want to tell you why I'm shocked. Because of the details of the scheme, I thought they would go with a coordinator. And so to fire Lombardi and go with Antonio Pierce, uh, Pierce is one of the most popular coaches on the staff, so that was a very good decision, very good decision. Going and getting rid of Mick Lombardi and bringing in Bo Hardigree, who is the QB coach, to be the coordinator. <clears throat> Bo is a rising star in the league. He's coached a long time. He was with Adam Gase. This is a guy that um, is very well respected, and it's a guy that's going to put a twist on it. He's going to put some stuff on there. He's going to call things to what Aiden can do. I, I think this was a very big deal to go that direction. I did not think they would because of the complexity of the scheme. And I, and, and, and let me just say, I have to protect who I talk to, <clears throat> but I was told early on, well, who would run the team on an interim basis? The scheme is so complicated. You can't, you either have to elevate, you have to elevate a coordinator. And that was the thought process. And they didn't think Patrick would do it. Although if they moved Patrick to head coach, what do they do with the defense? So, again, a lot goes into this. A lot went into the decision. And I think that the one person who deserves a lot of credit today was Mark Davis. Because whether he was right or wrong, same with Basaccia, he made the decision he felt. It wasn't, oh, God, but I already said this or already did this. No, it was nope. My eyes aren't lying to me. I see what I see. Um, I will tell you there were several key influential former players whose voices carry weight more than others. And Mark listened. And it bothered him that the fans didn't buy in. And he did not make this decision because of the fans. He was willing to... Let them be frustrated. But when his eyes, when he knew in his head, I can't do this, he cut bait. And he said, okay, we're moving on. And so there's the story. That's the story of the meeting, which, uh, again, people felt it was great. I talked to players, coaches, staff. They all thought it was great. Now, one person told me they thought it was bad or even negative in a we hate you type mode. Players called on players. They called out coaches. Josh, Josh was able to speak some frustrations. Everything was good. But when he left the meeting, one of the players said he, he seemed distant. And, and Sunday, more than one thought that. So there you go. That's how this all thing transpired. It's how it went down. I absolutely said I thought there was a 5% chance. But guess what? In Vegas, 
a lot of chances are a lot worse than 5% and people still hit the jackpot. So that's why when I report, I didn't say 100%. I just said 5%, and it's very unlikely. Well, Mark did it, and he deserves all the credit. And I think now Mark deserves an opportunity from Raider Nation to watch how this plays out. They're going to do a very comprehensive search. They're going to look at things. I think they absolutely have to take a long, hard look at Champ Kelly for the general manager's job. Absolutely have to. I'm going to get into more of this tomorrow because I'm not even sure Raider Nation understands how deeply buried the Raiders are. I'll explain a lot more of that tomorrow because whoever they get as general manager, if you're expecting Champ Kelly to just get them out of the hole in nine games, that is unrealistic and unfair. But we're going to talk about some things. What are some changes you can expect? How deeply buried is the franchise? That'll all come in tomorrow's podcast. But again, I wanted you to have the details of the meeting because I promised you that I would. I also wanted you to understand I stand by my reporting 100%. And now you know why I did it. And if you disagree with it, that's fine. I'm not God. But now I think you have a right to know exactly uh, where that thought process was coming. And not just me. The beat writers in general, I'm going to defend all of us. When you, you know, our job's not to make news. If you were to ask all of us, boy, do you think Josh can get this thing turned around? It's going to be tough. But we went on what we were told, and, and that's what you do in this job. And I, that's exactly what I would do again. Now, I also want to remind you I gave Josh McDaniels 20 games of a big grace period. And I will do that to the next coach. Because they have a right to show the direction everything's going to get through a season, to have an offseason to get some more of their players, and to see that direction. That's only fair. And that's the same attitude that I'll treat him or anyone else. But for today, the today's story is that Mark Davis made a gutsy move. A right move, but he made a gutsy move. And to him, he deserves all of that credit. Nobody with a brain is going to rub his nose in it. And the Raiders franchise gets the steam off. They're going to go forward at Aiden O'Connell. He is going to be the starter. I can tell you there's a lot of celebration about that in the building, a lot of support of it, and that's a very big deal. So moving forward from here, I think the Raiders have – this is an evaluation time. I think anybody on this roster now, you're going to be playing to show the next regime you want to be here. We want you here, and I want to be here. And now we're going to be able to watch players. Are they they playing for pride? Are they playing because they love the brand? Anybody in this podcast think that Max Crosby's going to play any different? I don't. Anybody in this room think Daniel Carlson's going to play different? I don't. Anybody think that Robert Spillane or Marcus Epps will? I don't. Anybody think Colton Miller or Andre James or Dylan Parham will? I don't. Anybody think Josh Jacob? No, I don't. Devontae? No. Jacoby? No. I think it's a breath of fresh air for Hunter. But for reasons that may surprise you a little bit. But, again, and Mark Davis is talking to players. Not one of them ever threw him under the bus. There was never the sense that he had lost the locker room. 
I've shared with you many times, there was a lot of frustration. And Mark Davis made the move. So there you go. There's the inside information and stuff that what happened. Bo Hardigree, I think, is going to do great as offensive coordinator. I think Antonio Pierce absolutely did a great job. I'm rooting for him. I want him to do well and win the job. And I think it would be great. But let's just wait and see. There's nine games left. A lot can happen. We'll have a lot more for you. Tomorrow's podcast may be the most informative we've ever had. So don't miss it. It'll be the state of the Raiders moving forward. We've got a lot to talk about. We'll see you then. For all of us here at Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, I'm Hondo Carpenter. Remember, we're part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network.